Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode is Season 3, Part 11, Current Events. What was going on the week of July 23rd, 2017? On that specific day, uh, you know, what was on the cover of Time Magazine that week? What was the number one movie at the box office? Even though it was kind of a slow news week, there's still some interesting topics to discuss, particularly related to the film that was uh, number one this week. This episode aired on Sunday, July 23rd, 2017. The number one film in the country this weekend was Dunkirk, which made $50.5 million. Not to stretch the analogy too distastefully, but there is something striking about the fact that the first film to escape the onslaught of franchise films at number one was, well, Dunkirk. Admittedly, this is reflective of a general trend. Tentpole properties tend to be front-loaded earlier in the summer, but Christopher Nolan is the perfect auteur to shift those gears. After punching his ticket in perpetuity by helming a major studio franchise with the Dark Knight films, he's consistently sought to employ his resources, uh, or any resources he can command, toward original subject matter. If original is the right word to describe in this case, the true story of British soldiers who are rescued by an armada of fishermen, yachtsmen, and other civilians in random sea craft, who crossed the channel to save their retreating army from German bombardment. Maybe original is the right word, since this infamous event of World War II had rarely, if ever, been depicted in a major movie, unlike the more overtly victorious D-Day in which Allied troops moved in the other direction. Nolan employed extensive practical effects wherever possible to avoid CGI and reduce the dialogue of his sprawling ensemble to focus on the visceral impact of the drama. He also avoided showing officers, politicians, and German enemies for the same reason. Prior to the film's release, in a French interview, Nolan said, The empathy for the characters has nothing to do with their story. I did not want to go through the dialogue, tell the story of my characters. The problem is not who they are, who they pretend to be, or where they come from. The only question I was interested in was, will they get out of it? Will they be killed by the next bomb while trying to join the mole? Or will they be crushed by a boat while crossing? Critics and audiences were impressed, with the film frequently being cited as one of the greatest, perhaps the greatest war film ever made. A rapturous response that hadn't greeted a film since 19 years earlier with Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg appeared to take combat recreation as far as it could go at that time. At the box office, Dunkirk surpassed Private Ryan as the highest-grossing World War II film ever, and it received eight nominations while only winning in technical categories. Perhaps the quietest U.S. news day of the season so far, the -the on-the-day website I use as a reference only lists golf, cricket, and biking events, July 23rd saw both Republicans and Democrats strategizing for their futures. A day after a bipartisan sanctions bill, primarily focused on Russia, although it incorporated Iran and North Korea, was approved by Congress, Trump said he would open he would be open to signing them, reflecting a general pattern where, despite his reputation as a Putin puppet, Trump repeatedly hit the accelerator, in every sort of substantive policy decision, on a deepening Cold War with the former Soviet Union. Meanwhile, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer appeared on ABC's This Week, and vowed that Democrats would be sounding a bolder note going forward, that they had been too cautious and namby-pamby in 2016. It was imperative that the party win back blue-collar voters who went for Trump and emphasize economics, which Schumer called our strength. In the interview, he even asserts that perhaps single-payer health care will be a big issue of their better deal plan to be announced on Monday. Thus began a strange period in American politics, which I think has already been forgotten, where establishment Democrats, confident that Bernie Sanders would not run again in 2020, attempted to woo his voters by lavishing praise on Medicare for All. This is where so many of the politicians who would abandon it in the heat of a presidential campaign 
initially co-sponsored the Sanders-backed bill, and they'd attempt to position themselves as reliable progressives. This quickly fell away when Bernie did actually run, and the party reoriented itself around the decades-long project of gorging on affluent professional voters, best characterized by Schumer himself, who crowed back in 2016 that for every blue-collar Democrat we lose in western Pennsylvania, we will pick up two moderate Republicans in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and you can repeat that in Ohio and Illinois and Wisconsin, a strategy which ended in disaster that year, but did admittedly pay off in 2020. There's actually no Time Magazine cover to discuss this week, since the Game of Thrones features which I read from in the last episode were part of a midsummer double issue. So between that and the slow news day, one of the smaller uh, historical context sections that we have for really any of these Twin Peaks podcasts. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. Tomorrow we go into the weeds with part 11, ranking the characters, trying to figure out the order that these scenes take place in with the increasingly skewed chronology of the show, and uh, talking about the motifs of coffee, pie, and donuts. See you then. He's coming back round. He's coming back round! Where are we going? Dunkirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this, son. We have a job to do.